0: Pandemonium Reigns. Pandemonium Reigns coming in your ears, in your business, and in your speakers. Thank you so much for tuning in, hanging out with me today. I'm riding solo. The world comes at you fast. We have real jobs, so Mike cannot be with me today. Celebrating 14 years as a married man. Happy anniversary to my beautiful wife, Courtney. I love you. But the show must go on. Right. Don't let her hear this. Don't tell her I said that. We got to talk football. We got to talk ball. So much took place on Saturday. Uh, Saturday slate was a gift from the Lord God above. Thank you so much for that. So let's dive right into this. Before we do, thank you so much for liking and subscribing, telling people about us. We're growing. It's so cool to watch the numbers. Uh, It's up because you guys, and we thank you so, so much for that. Let's dive right in. Clemson, Florida State, Clemson 24, Florida State 31. Let me just tell you, this game was played on more than just the field. This was a game against two different operations. One operation stuck in its ways, refuses to adapt, doesn't want to hit the transfer portal wants to stick to purely recruiting high school uh, and, and bringing players in that way. And then you have Florida State, just the opposite of Dabo, is like, listen, we'll get them however. We'll hit the transfer portal. We'll do it that way. We'll add that way. We'll build our team that way. And we'll show you that it don't matter. That it don't matter. Florida State was the better team. I'm really not sure how this ended up only being a seven-math A seven-point game come Saturday, 31-24 in the Seminoles' favor. Because, again, this game was played on more than just the field. It was played in its uh, team meetings. It was played in its operations. It was played in Dabo's head at night. Refusing to build his team through the transfer portal. Letting them go, right? I mean, he doesn't have much choice there. But refusing to add into his team through the transfer portal. And it's starting to show. Before we get to Florida State, let me touch on Clemson. Clemson is a good good football team. They are a good football team. But it's almost like they are back to their time before Deshaun Watson. Before the elite quarterback play. Before the elite receiver play. Before the elite teams. The runs of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence – we're not in that anymore. This is not the same Clemson. We're back in that little short kill Kelly Bryant phase and the Taj Boyd years back when Clemsoning was known for Clemsoning. What is Dabo going to do? What is it going to take for Dabo Swinney to adjust his operation, the way he runs his football program. What's it going to take for him to change his mindset, to change his approach? I appreciate that. I appreciate a lot about Dabo. He he's so cheesy. It's like it's it's annoying as all get out. But you got to respect it. I mean, he's doing it his own way, and for a time, in a different world, it worked, right? You know, he recruited and has recruited, continued to recruit at a really high level. But we're in a different time now. We're in the time of NIL and we're in the time of the transfer portal. Now, I do think that the NCAA has got to get some kind of grip and hold and set boundaries and borders on the transfer portal. But we're not in that world yet. It is what it is. And Clemson is who they are, right? And and I think they're paying a price for it. You told me, excuse me, I told you going into the offseason or during the offseason, I think Clemson's going to be legit. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with, and it all came down to with the hiring of their off- offensive coordinator in Riley. I mean, he's a to mastermind. He led TCU, big part of leading TCU to a national championship last year. You take him off that squad, and I don't know that they accomplish the same thing. I, I really don't. I really, really don't. And you added him to Clemson who's recruited really well, but something's still missing. So now begs the question, can Dabo Sweeney win without an elite quarterback? Can Dabo Sweeney win without elite receiver play? He's got really good defense still, despite despite the loss of Venables. right? Still really good defense, and that's the defense is large in part what kept Clemson in the game. But when you look at the offensive side of things, I think they're improved from a year ago, but the only way to go from a year ago was up. They were atrocious. And Cade Klubinick is uh, – Klubinick, Klubinick, however you say his name. Let's just call him Cade for the sake of the conversation. Cade is a good quarterback, but he's not quite living up to that, you know, that five-star expectation, which, again, goes to show you you just never know until they take the field. I still think he's a really good quarterback. I still think he's the guy. Is it play-calling? Or is it lack of elite talent around him? I'm going to go with lack of elite talent around him. Now, what you have to do is you have to look at Clemson through the contrast, contrasting lens of Florida State, who said, you know what? We got a baller in Jordan Travis. We got a dude in Jordan Travis. And we got a really good backfield due to the transfer portal in Benson, who came from Oregon. Dude is a baller, right? And we got elite receiver play. Right, we got elite receiver play in Johnny Wilson, who came from the transfer portal from Arizona State via two years ago, who's an absolute stud. Six foot seven, 220, 230 probably, runs like a gazelle, uh, go gets the ball in the air. He's a dude. He's a dude. And then you add Keon Coleman, who is the dude, right, who is that, that dude – He has taken Florida State to another level. But he's come via transfer portal. And then you add Jaheim Bell via transfer portal. And Dabo probably, I would imagine going into this game, he's like, we're going to show him how you do it. That it's culture. And Norvell says, hold my beer. Hold my beer. And they did it in Clemson, South Carolina. Let's just look at some stats. I've rambled enough about the transfer portal, but ultimately that's what this game came down to. Operations. This game was decided when you decided how you were going to operate as a program. Here we go. Clemson, Kate Klubnik, 25 for 38, 283 and a score. Not great. Not terrible either though. You know, you'd like to see more, you know, um, or touchdowns, but is what it is. Phil Maffa, 10 for 69, 6.9 yards per carry. That average is great. Get him to ball more. Will Shipley, 18 for 67, 3.7 and a score. I want to talk about Will Shipley just for a second. I think Will Shipley is a good running back. I think he's a very good running back, but I don't understand the hype around Will Shipley. I don't get it. I think he's good. So, oh yeah, so he's hurdled some people. Is that really what we're going to base or and evaluate, and how we're going to evaluate players? Is their ability to to put put on a highlight reel? I mean, he's consistent. He's going to get what he's going to get, and he has the ability to break the long one. But I don't, I don't, I don't classify him as elite. He is not in that ETN conversation. He's not there. He's good. He's serviceable. He's solid. You know what you're going to get. I would take him. I mean, the Tennessee running back room is loaded, Uh, so I'm fine with passing on him. But if we were in a different circumstance, I'd be like, heck yeah, give me Will Shipley, man. Nonetheless, here's where I think you start to see the difference for Clemson uh, altogether. I could name you these Clemson receivers, and for the most part, you're just not going to know who they are. And we were talking about Clemson years ago. I said T. Higgins, you knew. Amari Rogers, you knew, right? Tyler Brown, five for eighty-four, pretty dang good. Okay, Jake Brenningstool, who's a Tennessee guy, by the way. Hey, we missed out on him. Three for forty-seven. Troy Stallato, pretty sure that's a white dude. Double check. Yep, that's a white dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Shipley, four for 38. Oh, Stiletto, four for 41. Phil Moffa, three for 32. Bo Collins, who I think is one of your better receivers, four for 29. The deal is, and, and Mike actually pointed this out to me. Kate does this thing in like the easy situations, the easy completions. He doesn't make it. But then he'll turn around and he'll do this really difficult, make this really difficult throw. And you're like, like who are you, Kate Klubnik? Who are you? I just think he needs to be more consistent. But let's flip over to the other side. Florida State, 21 for 37 for Jordan Travis, 289, two scores. Craig Benson, 7 for 25. That one astounds me. Consider this. Florida. If you would have told me that Florida State is only going to rush for 22 yards, you're only going to net 22 yards rushing. I'd say, well, that's a Clemson win. Clemson went, but it wasn't. It wasn't because Johnny Wilson had five for 94, and Kian Coleman had five for 86 and found the end zone twice. Trey Trey Benson had three catches, 50 yards. Jaheim Bell, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of him because, again, he's an absolute dude. Three for 26. Listen, this game came down to operations and how it was going uh, when when these coaches how how they decided they were going to win how are they how are they going to attack the twenty three season that's when this game was decided and you, and you saw it you know on the field uh, Florida State defense I'm pretty sure had a fumble scoop and score I would like to confirm that before I yep 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 fumble scoop and score who was that why can't I not find that this is so unprofessional of me not being able to find that in this moment. Uh, Kalen Deloach, there you go. That's who it was. Pretty sure he was the one who got the sack and scooped it up and found the end zone. That was a big difference maker right there. Uh, So here I am talking about the offensive transfer portal when it came down to a defensive touchdown. How funny and uh, unprofessional of me. Uh, The line was Florida State minus two going in. Obviously, Florida State covered. The over-under was was 55-and-a-half. If you don't have Florida State in your final four, in your college football playoff, I want to know what you're thinking at this point. I want to know your perception of Florida State. Because Florida State, going forward, the Seminoles, it's not going to get too much more difficult for these guys. They get to host Virginia Tech next week, host Syracuse, host Duke, which could be an interesting matchup. I'm interested to see how they handle Duke. Uh, they're going to get those guys at home, though, and then they're going to travel to Wake Forest. I mean, these are these are wins in my book. At Pitt, that's a win. Um, an improved Miami, but you get them in Tallahassee. Uh, I, I'm going to pick Florida State there. Let's see, if, if is there already a line out for this? Uh, there is not, uh, but the ESPN match predictor has got Florida State at 64.7% in winning that matchup. And then you're going to host North Alabama. And then you're going to end by traveling to Gainesville who you make them one dimensional. And I like Florida state ESPN FBI has got uh, the Seminoles 73 and a half and winning this out. So you got to like them to win out and who's going to challenge them in, in, in the conference championship game. I mean, it could be a Miami again. There's no divisions. So uh could it could be, could be Miami uh, could be could be North Carolina I think Florida State is just better than any other team in in the ACC right now but nonetheless this is simply a review of uh, of this game so I don't need to get carried away Florida State marches into Clemson South Carolina defeats the Tigers in their operations 24 31 Colorado Made a trip to Oregon and wishes that they didn't. <laughs> Came out of that getting bullied. Lost that game 42 to 6 to the Ducks. And I don't know that if you saw or not, the Colorado pregame, they're they're doing their walkthrough the night before in Onson Stadium, making fun of it. You know, what is this? It's so tiny, you know, stepping on the O. Digging their cleats into it, which is also dumb because it's turf. Kind of look like an idiot. <laughs> Here we are. And got blasted for it. Got punched in the mouth. Got punched in the gut. Got punched in the nose over and over again to the beat of a 42 to 6 drum. Got damn, I can't say that word. <laughs> can't say that word. And if you played ball, if you ever had the chance to put on pads, and if you're a fiery guy, how could you not want to play for a guy like Dan Lanning? That dude is a firecracker. I loved his his, his pre-game comments to his team. They came for clicks. We came for wins. Let your pads do the talking, right? I absolutely love that, and I believe it was Shiloh Sanders who said something pregame about going to beat you, going to beat you, going to beat your mama, something like that. Mistakes were made. Now, as I get in, before I get into the uh, actual numbers of the game, I want to say props to Deion Sanders, man. Props to Deion Sanders. Uh, I do wish that he would have gotten control of that the day before about stepping on the O and just kind of being disrespectful. Like there's just no place in that. Like I, at the end of the day, it's, it's a game and you need to respect other people's, you know, venues, property, stuff like that. But for him to come out after it was over and so, say, man, we got a butt kicked. We had an old fashioned butt kick and props to them. We have stuff to work on. Man, props to you, Deion Sanders. I mean, makes me respect you. Uh, I do like that the Colorado train is humbled a little bit. Maybe the media will get out of the Buffalo rear end, but nonetheless. <clears throat> and I would love to know if you're watching this, listening in, what you think about Bo Nix by this point. If you still have a image in your mind of Bo Nix <clears throat> with the Auburn logo on his helmet, you need to get that out out of out of, out of your head because this dude is a really great quarterback. Twenty eight for thirty three. 276 yards, three scores, and a pick. The dude can play. He can run. He can sling it. He can do everything that you want him to do. Bucky Irvin led them in rushing, 10 for 89. Scorey Franklin led them in receiving, 8 for a buck, 26. We flip over. We look at uh, Colorado here. Shador Sanders, 23 for 33. Buck, 59. Not good in a score. It's good for a 28.2 QBR. Uh, Anthony Hankerson led them in rushing five carries, 31 yards. Dylan Edwards, who is an absolute stud with the ball in his hand, three carries, 21 yards. Long of 17, so that means he had a 17-yard carry and then uh, wasn't very good after that, truth be told. Uh, Xavier Weaver led them in receiving nine for 75 uh, let's see. And <laughs> former Tennessee volunteer Jawan Mitchell led them in in tackling. Oregon just wasn't going to have it. Just wasn't going to have it. And what's fascinating as you look at the stats is, Oregon was only three for ten in third down conversions. Now they were three for four in fourth down conversions. Uh, put not not a good third down number, but you still won that game forty two to six. Oregon had 30 first downs. Colorado had 13. Here's the number that just absolutely jumps off the page for you. Oregon outrushed them by 200 yards. Colorado had 40 rushing yards. Oregon had 240 rushing yards. Possession was won by – time of possession was won by Oregon. Over-under was set at 70. They didn't eclipse that because Colorado just simply did not carry the weight. They didn't carry the bucket. Um, I mean – And, and, and Oregon did more than cover the spread. Vegas saw something. I don't know what they saw, but it's almost like they knew that it was coming. They were the genie in the bottle. They knew it was coming. Had that, that, had that spread at 21 in Oregon's favor. Oregon says 21. then letting watch this 42 to 6. Buffaloes travel to the Ducks, get tallywhacked. Maybe. Maybe this would be good for Colorado in the same sense that I'm hoping the Tennessee loss to Florida is good in the sense that when you saw in 2016, Deshaun Watson and Clemson lose to Pitt in the regular season and going to win the title. Sometimes a loss is good. It does good things for uh, your football team. Maybe that's the case for Deion Sanders. I will be very interested in this Colorado USC game coming up next weekend. Uh, it's going to be at Colorado. Trojans are coming to town And if you thought that the Ducks could put up points, watch Caleb Williams and this Lincoln Riley offense put up points. This could get nasty. I hope it's a shootout. I do hope that the Buffaloes recover and bounce back. Um, I don't understand the hatred for Colorado, but I also don't understand why the media is all up in the Buffalo rear end. Nonetheless, I'm going to land this plane right here. Ducks handle business. 42-6. 42-6. to six. Alabama. 24. Ole Miss. Couldn't think of their name for a second. In. 24-10. to 10. Now you just have to ask yourself, when's Lane Kiffin going to get this done? When is Lane Kiffin going to beat his mentor? Man, I'm sure he hates, hates those words. But he probably doesn't listen to the Pandemonium Reigns podcast. So I'm not worried about it, right? Tied, 24, Rebels, 10. My question, my question coming out of this game is, who is Alabama? Who is Alabama? And it's not, is Saban done? Is he tired? Is he exhausted? Because I'm, I'm not buying into that narrative. I'm not buying into that crap. Uh, I think Saban, if anybody, is, is smart enough to know that he'll know when his time is done. You'll know when Saban is done because he'll tell you. All right, he'll probably down on the sideline. Jalen Milrow, seventeen for twenty-one, man, two hundred and twenty-five yards, a touchdown and a pick. Take what I said about K. Clubbing. Makes really great plays in 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 difficult situations. Doesn't make the play in the easy ones. He's got a bit of Jarrett Gortano in him. Like, what are you looking at, dude? That one pick he threw, I believe it was in the end zone. Pretty sure it was in the end zone. I'm trying to recall, Tennessee was game up was on at this time. But the guy was sitting right up underneath it. I mean, the receiver had a guy behind him and underneath him. Why are you throwing that ball? Do you not see him? Are you blind? Do you need your vision tested? Hey, close one eye and read these letters. You know, repeat after me. Are you good? What are you looking at? But what's getting them? out of bad scenarios and situations is his legs and his athleticism. He is a he is a an athlete who can play quarterback, right? And he'll make some great throws. Like he'll 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 drop it in there like holy crap, that's what you know what what a ball, dude. What a ball. Um but then you have guys like Jace McClellan, 17 for 105 and Jalen Milrow, sixteen carries, twenty-eight yards with a long of twenty. Obviously, I'm pretty sure he took some sacks there. I would like to try to find this number for you real quick. Obviously, not prepared yet. Four sacks, four sacks going against Jalen Milrow. But who is Alabama? What is their DNA? Who? What is their identity? Obviously, they want to run right. And I just think at this point. I don't know that you piddle around with the quarterback situation anymore. I think you I think you move forward with Jalen Milrow. I think Jalen Milrow is the right decision just because of the things that he's able to get you out of. I don't believe that the Alabama offensive line is all that it's cracked up to be. Uh, I know that they've experienced some injuries on that front. Uh, and Milrow is going to be able to get you out of a lot of those situations. Obviously, he took four sacks, but you know, he's going to be able to do a lot with his legs. So, I, what I think you do is, I think you open up the offense a little bit, not even necessarily with RPOs. Uh, y- you obviously see that in their offense sometimes, <clears throat> not what it used to be under Tua and Mac Jones and, and the such, and when Steven S- uh, Sarkeesian was at the helm as the offense coordinator. But I do think you t- look at a ton of read option stuff, zone reads, and you do it at of uh, multiple looks gun, pistol, um, you know, split backs, all all the scenarios. Uh, Jace McClellan is uh, – keep in mind, I'm a Tennessee fan. Is it surprising me a little bit? Is, are those the words? He's a good back. He's a, he's a really good back. I, I, he's kind of like that Will Shipley thing. You know, he's not elite, right? And I think Alabama's paying the price for that, not having an elite backfield. Right, they're are a lot like Clemson in the sense, you know, they don't have elite quarterback play. Bryce Young is gone. They don't have elite receivers. You know that that once room of Devonte Smith, Henry Ruggs, Dalen Waddle, like those that that's not what you have currently. Um, so you just don't have the elite talent on the edge, but still winning games, man. Because it's you know it's just a part of their culture. It's what they're doing. So I'm very interested to pay attention to Alabama going forward as a Tennessee fan. I'm not obviously not predicting a Tennessee win in that night in, in, in Tuscaloosa, but I am interested. you know, I, I went into this season going that's a loss for us. I'm not I still think it is a loss, but I'm not so convinced anymore. I think I think Bama is is, is very beatable. if you can apply pressure and if you can corral Jalen Real- Milroe. I mean, I, I think if you're defending Alabama, You load the box and you just dare him to beat you with his arm. And he's going to sometimes. He does have the arm talent, he can make the reads. I do think you simplify things for him in the past game. You know, the Steve Spurrier offense is really what comes to mind. Spurrier was so good in his Florida days about allowing his quarterbacks to only have to read one side of the field, a ton of trip stuff. You know, and if it was a four wide situation, it was a one by three or three by one. And the quarterback really just had to read one side of the field you know, look it off with no intention of going to that side, look to your trip side or to your heavy side and make a decision. Uh, make that, you know, run a, if, if you're looking at cover two, you know, have an arrow route or a drag route or a flat route uh, tagged with a post corner, corner streak of some sort and make your safety and corner, make a decision and just and make the make the, make the easy throw. I think those are the things that you start to look at with Jalen Millrope. Maybe that's something they're already doing. I'm placing emphasis on it if I'm them. Uh flipping to Ole Miss very quickly, I really thought that – well, first of all, let me say, <clears throat> this game I think was closer than the final score resembles, 24-10. to 10. Felt a lot closer to that. It's a 14-point difference. Just felt much closer than that. Jackson Dart is a good quarterback, 20 for 35, 244, uh, and the pick. Quinshawn Judkins is that dude, but the Alabama defense, you know, didn't really have it that day, 13 for 56, 4.3. Uh, long of long of fourteen, again, kind of come back to the situation with Ole Miss. You know, if 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 if, if that attempt wasn't it, when are you going to do it? If I'm an Alabama fan, I trust that Saban is really going to get things right. I think your future is a guy like Ty Simpson, um, who will be in his third year in the program come the 24 season. But also, I mean, you can make the argument that if. I mean, he had a year to learn the offense and do all the things, and he didn't win the job. You know, maybe not. I don't know. I feel very scattered <laughs> right now. Kind of talking about talking about the tide. Um, the Tennessee fan in me likes to see him struggle. It's a good thing. I hate that for all of our Alabama listeners, but I am enjoying it. I will say this to you guys, though. Appreciate you guys for listening in. The wills are not falling off in Tuscaloosa. Things are not on fire. I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta let it correct itself. You gotta trust the guy who has proven himself over and over and over and over again. And and the saying is just is just raining true for you guys. If you have two, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any quarterbacks. You got three. You don't you don't have you don't have a quarterback. I do think you're right out with Jalen Milroe. Uh, props to the Tide. I will say this. I I think you got a really good win uh, over a really good Ole Miss team. Uh, way to keep them down in that division or what's on the latter days of this division. Anyway, nonetheless, tied 24 rebels 10. Saban gets it done. Buckeyes go into South Bend and get a really good win over Notre Dame, 17 14 with a with a walk-off field goal. And Ryan Day was an absolute cannon. Loose cannon in his post-game pressure, and I think that's the real Ryan Day. I think that's the Ryan Day that the players see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Not that the Ryan Day that you see before the media and on the sideline. I think that dude is a firecracker, loose cannon, basically yelling at Lou Holtz. Listen, calm down. Lou Holtz doesn't speak English, okay, and he doesn't even know what he's saying. But I guess that you just you use that as bulls import material and you convinced yourself of whatever message you were telling your team. But it worked. It worked. My question for you, Ohio State, is yes, I think Notre Dame is a really good team, elite quarterback play with Sam Hartman. You, you beat a good team. Can you continue to do that? Are you good enough to do that? Are you good enough to break the streak against Michigan in Ann Arbor? Are you good enough to host a really good Penn State team in early, excuse me, uh, where did it go, uh, in mid-October uh, and, and beat the mitney Lions? There, can you keep doing that? I'm not convinced you can. I think at best you can split those games. Right now, what I saw out of you and Marvin Harrison, even though he got banged up, comes back onto the field. I thought that that injury was going to end his career. Holy cow. And he marches right back onto the field. Like your leg bent ways that it shouldn't. You win against science, but whatever. Why did I take science in middle school if Marvin Harrison is just going to defy it? Whatever. Um can you continue this? Can you continue? I think this I think this win sends you in the right trajectory. Uh you're you're going to have several uh two excuse me, not several, two games before you come out and host Penn State. Uh, but did you get what you wanted out of your out of your quarterback in in McCord um i need to find these numbers i just had it pulled up there we go uh here we go gamecast recap my gosh box score is actually what i want right here tom mccord 21 for 37 240 no scores no picks Travion Henderson, 14 104 uh, with a long of 61 you know what <sighs> This is one of those games where Notre Dame was really in control of it. Notre Dame was the one that was setting the pace. You had some big plays. McCord made the plays at minimum that he needed to make to keep you in it. Um, I, I I thought that you got outplayed. You arguably got outcoached. But it doesn't resemble itself on the scoreboard, right? Doesn't resemble itself there. Uh, I think I think what that says of you, Ohio State, is that you're gritty. Um, you, you don't you don't roll over, right? You don't quit so easily. I just really question if you can continue that. If you get in another fight like that, what's going to come of you? Right now, I don't like you to beat Penn State and Michigan. All right, Notre Dame. What about you, though, man? Kind of feel bad for you. I like Marcus Freeman. Really, really like this guy. Classy guy. I like Sam Hartman. Don't like that he went to Notre Dame. You know, would have liked him in Knoxville. Knoxville, seventeen for twenty-five for Sam Hartman. Buck seventy-five and a touchdown. I mean, <clears throat> it's good, but it obviously wasn't good enough. And if you'd have told me that, hey Notre Dame, you're gonna you're gonna hold Ohio State to seventeen, mm-hmm. bruh. Taking you, taking you. It's not how this unfolded. Not how this unfolded. I am basically giving our listeners no insight on this game right now. Just talking about it. Like it, it. My my content sounds total surfaced and stupid, but I just really want to summarize this whole thing this way. Ohio State, can you sustain that type of play? Excuse me. Can you continue to win with that type of play? I don't think you can. Matter of fact, looking through your schedule, hosting Maryland at Purdue, you travel to Wisconsin. you know, I could even see you losing to one of these guys not named Michigan or Iowa State. Wisconsin's gonna be rowdy. Minnesota's decent. Purdue, you always you always get the best of, best of Purdue. Who knows, man? Who knows, but I will say this. On behalf of Saturday, props to you. Uh, Ryan Day, reduce your caffeine intake. Calm down, right? Stop picking on old men. Buckeyes, 17. Irish, 14. Razorbacks were so close. Lose to the Tigers, 31 to 34. And my leadoff question. Who's in control of the West? I don't mean on paper. Like, who's in control of the West? Who is grabbing this division by the horns and saying, this belongs to me? In my mind, it's not LSU, which is really surprising to me. LSU, massive favorites by so many people to win the West, simply due to the fact, uh, to the return of Jaden Daniels. And dudes like Harold Perkins and Mason Smith on your defense. Malik Neighbors catching balls for Daniels. But you know what? I felt talent-wise, really a lot better than Arkansas. And Arkansas is playing without Rocket Sanders, who we haven't seen, I believe, since the Oak Week, who's dealing with a knee injury. 31-34 to 34 in Baton Rouge. I mean, I just don't know that you could have convinced me of this. Vegas had this game at 17-and-a-half in LSU's favor. Now, they did hit the over of 55, right? Well over. K.J. Jefferson goes for 21-31, 289, three touchdowns, two costly picks. They're obviously missing um, Rocket Sanders, Rashad Dubinian. That's my best attempt. 15 for 78. K.J. Jefferson was um, leading rusher by attempts with 16 carries, 48 yards. Then you flip over to, to LSU, Jaden Daniels, who had a, had a really good night. 20 for 29, 320, four scores, four tutties, found the end zone four times, one pick. And they rushed. Logan Diggs led them, 14 for 97. And Jaden Daniels had 10 carries of his own for 36. And Malik, neighbors straight, balled out. Balled out eight catches, a buck 30. Two scores. But then you got this other guy, right? Brian Thomas Jr. Five catches, a buck 33, two scores himself. Who's going to get control of the West? Who's going to get control of the West? I think LSU is a good team. I don't think that they're playing to their potential, though. LSU is doing this thing where they're playing to their competition. Went nose-to-nose for a minute there with with Florida State, right? Played around with, with Arkansas. Obviously handled a grambling state, as anyone should. But who is LSU? Who is the best team in the West? I know that I should be recapping this game, but my gosh, how do you not pay attention to the West at this point? Alabama's got their struggles. They got their thing. Ole Miss just took a lump on the chin to the tide, so they're now behind in schedule. This LSU-Alabama game come probably late November. Let's see if I can figure this out real quick. I do think it's going to determine the West. Excuse me, November 4th. I do think that this game is going to determine the West. I can't wait to see it because it, it used to be uh, the game of two two heavyweights punching each other in the mouth, changing blows, right? What's that game going to be, right? Who can miss who can miscue more? I mean, how is this thing going to unfold? Who's going to win the West? Um, Ole Miss is going to be very intriguing. They're going to travel to Ole Miss next weekend. Excuse me, LSU. Did I say that? I don't know what I said. LSU is going to travel to Ole Miss. I'm getting a phone call, so I'm managing this. Traveling to Ole Miss next weekend. Uh, That's not going to be easy. Not going to be easy by any means. Um, Currently, LSU is favored uh, minus two. They're going to travel to Missouri. Um, I like you there. You're going to host Auburn. That could be sneaky. That could be sneaky. I don't think Auburn is all that bad. I really, really don't. Uh, You're going to host Army. You're going to have to prepare for that triple option. It's going to buy time in your practice. And then you're going to travel to Tuscaloosa. You're going to host Florida, host Georgia State, host A&M. You can lose to Florida. You can certainly lose to A&M. You can certainly lose to Bama play with uh you can certainly lose to Old Miss. Play around with your food long enough with Auburn, they might get you. Now I'm not saying these are losses and I'm not predicting them to be losses this is something I'm saying. I think LSU is favored, you know, probably in all of these, even including the Bama game. But you better stop bashing your competition. You better stop messing around. And I don't know what the issue is, but I just think that LSU is not playing to uh, their potential, or matching whoever it is across them on the other side of the line of scrimmage. Nonetheless, they got it done. LSU, thirty-four. Arkansas, thirty-one. It's going to bring us to the end of the show. What a what a weekend it was, man! I mean, just so good from you know Colorado getting tallywhacked, the Alabama Ole Miss game that was fun to watch. Um, man, why am I brain farting? Oh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, you know Tennessee getting right in the get right game. All the things. All the things. You better soak it in. You better enjoy it because week five is already coming. It's here. We got to talk about it. Appreciate you guys so much for hanging out with me. I'm obviously not as good without my buddy Mike talking with me, hanging out. Kind of hard talking for a long time about multiple different games that you didn't get to see all of. Um, <clears throat> but we do love you guys, and we thank you so much for for hanging out with us, uh, for tuning in, for texting us after you've listened to an episode. We thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate it. So neat to wake up in the morning, check the podcast, and see who all has listened, and and it's so cool. When, I, when we look in, in two hours of an episode being up, you're looking at triple digits like, holy smokes. Like, we're not that cool. We're not that cool. Uh, but you make us feel pretty dang cool, and we certainly appreciate it. Nonetheless, I'm not going to ramble anymore. Make sure you hit like and subscribe. We love you guys so, so, so much. Enjoy this college football season. Don't be a jerk. Don't be a prick. Okay? Don't be like the Colorado Buffaloes and disrespect somebody else's stuff. All right. We love you guys. God bless. Go balls.